So, now. Yes, Andrew. Hello. Hi. Do you remember when you were younger? Did your parents ever say, don't do drugs, you'll do it once and then you'll get hooked for life? Yes, indeed. How did that play out? It made me very, very scared of anything to do with intoxicants. It gave a really, really exaggerated, enhanced understanding of what the experience would be like, pretty much always ending in you dying. You know, like really extreme understanding. And it, when I worked out through life, through friends, through stories, that that wasn't true, it made me question what else wasn't true. And it made it difficult to trust a lot of understandings that I had. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty spot on, to be honest. Um, that's what I was going to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a short episode. <laughs> Lunchtime. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm totally with you. It, it, it devalidates the, the credibility of your elders by saying something like that when it's not true. Um, because I had that too. It's like, like crack and heroin. Guys, I, I haven't done crack and I haven't done heroin and I'm also not planning to. At the moment, I've got absolutely no plans of, of I mean, I don't even, I, I mean, I have like a pint of Guinness maybe every six months and the most stimulants I get is of a bar of chocolate. Mm -hmm. I don't really do caffeine or anything. I remember being younger and being told, stay away from class A drugs like crack and heroin. They're, they're dangerous and do it once and you're hooked on them for life. And cocaine was in that category as well. And I have dabbled in cocaine. Um, when I was, when I was younger, it was kind of, cocaine was a thing you took if you had too much to drink to, to sober you up. I didn't really know it was like, I didn't know what it was. It was just this white powder called cocaine. And if you had too much to drink, you'd take some and then it sobers you up a bit. It was only older realized that people use that as like a stimulant or as a, as a party thing. It was only coming like into my later teens where I put the two together like this is a class A drug. This is the things that your parents were talking about. If you take this once, you're hooked for life. And when I realized that wasn't the case, I wasn't the only one that was in that boat. And I think I was quite fortunate that I did able to walk away from it. Very. And where there were a lot of people who... I say a lot. There are a few people that I know or knew that wasn't able to. Yes. And they were in the same boat of where they were told, don't do these, you'll get hooked onto them for life. Uh, just once you have to do them, you get hooked onto them for life, and then that's your whole life gone and you, and you might die. Which to any kid is freaking terrifying. Like it does the job to hold away from it. But when that seal does get broken and they do do it and they realize, oh, I'm not addicted. This is fine. Like it was all bullshit. They're like, oh, I can take as much as this as I want. And then slowly they start getting addicted. And then they'll just have it from going occasionally on the weekend to having a cheeky line before Work, work or you know or just gotta clean the house quickly and need a pet me up I'll, I'll just take a little line here and there and then suddenly their whole life's surrounded by it and they're hooked so 
I suppose they are true by saying if you do it, you you will get hooked onto it, or you can. But I think where they parents say, hey, don't do the drugs, you'll get hooked onto them for life and then you'll die. Oh, once you do it, you're hooked forever. Telling that lie is actually way more damaging. Than giving a proper informed understanding about yeah. each drug and what the nature of each drug yeah. is like. Yeah. I agree in so many different topics and substances or i think that i totally agree with with the point that you're making here yeah because when when i grew up in our friendship there was a parent i don't want to drop any names or get anyone into trouble not i don't think they even would be in trouble but there was a parent in our friendship group who knew that we smoked pot and they turned around and said, if you're ever going to do that, come and do it in my conservatory. Yes. Because they knew that we were going to do it anyway, and they would much rather have us do it in a house where they can keep an eye out on us instead of in the local, I don't know, where do we in the, like the local park, the John Lewis Leisure Centre. <laughs> yeah. And for the fancy pothead. For the fancy pothead. And what we were lucky enough is to be in a place where we could do it safely and we had a parent, if somebody something was needed, could keep an eye out on us in case. And what that did, it just kind of educated and normalised us about pot and that suddenly that, that naughtiness, that sneakiness of doing it, which was half of the traction of doing anything like that, kind of was taken away. So we enjoyed it. We, you know, I quite enjoyed getting stoned. My problem was that I wasn't educated on finding your frequency of stonage, mm-hmm. but instead of just smoking as much as you can, and that led me to getting like enhancing the feeling of psychosis when I got into my late teens because I did smoke a lot of it, and so I stopped because I just couldn't. Like as soon as I just had a had a token a joint, like I'd be I'd be in such a mental uncomfortable space that I just I couldn't do it anymore. And I spoke to a lot of my friends; they were in the same. This is kind of when you went from the weak mountain cabbage weed to really strong hydroponic stuff that was just way too strong and didn't give you the same fun giggly buzz they used to get from smoking it was just really lethal stuff um so once that happened that we kind of i kind of stopped it but that's kind of you know you go traveling you try different try different things and it was through through the experience of that that i realized that actually there is no difference between alcohol weed cocaine coffee they're all stimulants they're all they all have their benefits or a little bit of anything isn't a bad thing as long as you do it in moderation and you do it for the right stuff. I never took any sort of stimulants or mind-altering experiences. came from a place of partying. It came from a place of like trying to self-discover and see things from a different perspective. That I think pot wasn't easy. It was the gateway into it. Um, and it was quite fun. That did lead to other things. But I think I was, I've just always been a curious person. So that if it wasn't pot that got me into I suppose alcohol got me into the first one and then I was quite happy being drunk I was happy to try smoking weed and then from there just went into um to a couple of other things 
I, I think that the, the that message of don't do it, you'll be hooked for life, is so damaging to tell people and instead of educating them on what they are and the side effects and what not to do on them or what what's fine to do on them is so much more important than just saying don't do it my neck is sore from all the nodding that i'm doing in agreement i'm like yeah. yes, yes 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 absolutely yes. i think you you touch on so many truths there the damaging message of that absolute and that purely fear-based education that is fake I mean, that I, is I, false. I, it's not education it's, it's putting your hand you're putting your head in the sand and just ignoring that that's a thing it's the same with sex yeah in our family all my aunties and uncles and on my dutch side of the family stuff like that it was just openly discussed it mm. wasn't made a big thing of or something to be embarrassed of. It was just something you do it. It's fun. Be careful. That's, you know, and that's that was it. It wasn't like, oh, you shouldn't do this or you got to wait until this. It's just have fun, be thoughtful, be considerate and go and explore. Different cultures is such an important angle as well and the influence of that and the real world influence of that. I grew up in a family that doesn't at all mention sex ever, ever, ever in a culture, in a school which didn't ever mention sex i remember at, in all girls schools as well with all girl teachers i remember sex education was maybe one half hour class in two years yeah you know and it was very very kind of so so unhuman so unrealistic powerpoints and very yeah. awkward teachers very awkward discussion making everyone else feel awkward someone giggled and the teacher jumped on that as an excuse to cancel the class and that leads to the rest of your understanding of sex and sexuality and i had just assumed that sex was just a very awkward private and sexuality in your human body and everything i just assumed that that was what it was and then I moved to the south of France and I remember in the changing room for PE we were separated into girls and boys and the Scandinavian girls walked around completely naked and I don't think I'd particularly ever seen another naked person before and I was so amazed but again because they were open so open they noticed my amazement they confronted it transparently and they said you know is it not like this for you why is it not like this? We are all human. We are all have bodies and we are all beautiful for who we are. And I was just like, this was a very, very vivid, mind blowing um, moment of the fact that everything I had ever been taught in life was totally embedded in a culture, but it was not an absolute truth. No. And the more and more messages like that that you meet, the more and more open your mind is to the fact that there is no one truth. Totally, totally, yeah. And I, yeah, you've got to be opened up to to stuff like that, isn't it? You've got to put it all on the table, lay it all out there. And even with your concerns, because that's the thing I found with the whole like the drugs thing is it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of thinking of doing the right thing. I'll be the same with sex. I'll come from a place of being awkward, not knowing how to talk about it, and knowing that, like, hey, you get pregnant at 16, your life's fucked. That's going to make things very difficult for you. But if you don't have a baby by and get married and have yeah, your house by and 22. job by 25, then, yeah, you're, then you're a loser. loser. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 
I Gosh, definitely... it's such an intense framework to to go into the yeah. world in. I haven't reflected on this for a while, but you're yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, we're fortunate enough that we live outside of it. Because of these smack-in-the-face questioning moments when we're like, oh, that was bullshit, that's yeah. not true, that's not absolute, what else is not absolute, yeah, what else yeah, is not yeah. true? Yeah. And we dared to kind of go and explore what else wasn't true and, and, and live that's, alternative and lives. And that's, that's what makes you go out and try different things and yes, try and different substances. speak to different people and, and listen to yeah. different people and listen to different stories yeah. and cultures. yeah. So I was, I was just always being, just being flabbergasted by, by that comment of you'll do it once and you'll die. Like that, that was so, so home hitting. And it, I kind of felt my, my trust in the whole world that we live in is just, it was, it was just on a lie. It wasn't, it wasn't telling the truth. It was coming from a place of kindness to protect you, but it wasn't done with truth. Yes. And I think that's what, that's what the painful part was, was that I can see, like, because you can't be angry at them for for it, because they're doing it out of love to protect you. But in a way, it's even sadder because you don't feel angry, but you just feel disappointed. Gutted. Absolutely gutted. And I think, for me at least, that is one of the hardest and most heartbreaking parts of being a human and developing as a human is that moment that shattering unignorable moment when you realize that your parents are not all-knowing and you realize that your parents told you lies and you realize that your parents beliefs and your beliefs are different and I think most people to some extent go through that and it's an important part of becoming you rather than becoming their child as it were Mm. and it's scary then because you have to go right I've got to reevaluate everything I've got to make up my own values I've got to collect my own information I mean even my I've now nearly got my doctorate in existential psychotherapy and counseling psychology i've created the existential offerings project i've created the global existential summit now when i started thinking about existential ideas what's the meaning of life what is right and wrong what is freedom who really controls the world all of these i remember having conversation with family members who called me a conspiracy theorist Mm. and it had i not had a very deep innate passion that fueled my interest in these questions in an unshakable way that feels like it is so much deeper than just my mind it's me and whatever that means I might have easily doubted myself and they definitely they they succeeded in bringing doubt and perhaps bringing shame and bringing a sense of isolation and feeling stupid and feeling weird for having an interest in what they were labeling as conspiracy theory thoughts and and it's just super strange because now, not that many years later, I have a conversation with the same family members who are like, "Oh, we're so proud of our our fam, our daughter or or 
cousin or whatever with their nice degree because they care about the degree part, but they probably don't even understand that the roots of that came from so much criticism and scepticism from them. Yeah, and it's again, isn't it, where they where they think it's coming from a place of kindness or where it's coming from a place of love of doing that to try to protect you, but they're actually doing damage instead of um, instead of the opposite. Interesting. It makes me think how many if we if we allow ourselves to be influenced by others, and if we allow the other people to shame us and scare us into not thinking and exploring what is interesting and curious to us think of how many ideas and inventions and worlds of thought and philosophies and maybe medical approaches and goodness knows what and books and paintings and cultures just would simply not exist if that person's had gone yeah actually you know you're right i shouldn't think in this way that's really bonkers yeah to, for us to yeah. create anything in this world we have to dare to bring it into the world despite what criticism or opposition it might face and that 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 is why it's so important to find your own beat create your own drum find your own beat and then walk to it because that's the only way you're going to truly be original on yourself right and that journey take taking yourself on that journey is to me what life is all about because it's it's self discovery it's understanding what works for you what doesn't work um it's understanding about yourself what your weaknesses are what you're good at what you're afraid at what you enjoy doing what you're not too fond of um and that's really that's that's an adventure that's a fun thing to be on and then once you you've got them a, a more of an understanding of what they are you can start figuring out what it is that you can start doing with your with your traits and and your skills and then how that can be beneficial to uh, you know to society or yourself your family your friends but it's it's allowing yourself to go into that journey which to me is what life is all about and i think a, a lot of people aren't able to do that because they it's frowned upon they get pushed down they've got siblings who tell them that everything they do is shit or you know they don't feel the love from the parents and they don't give them the support that they that they need so they don't know and discover this which is which is quite you know quite sad that's why again that's one of the reasons why i enjoy coaching is because it is helping people create help them create their own drum and then find their beat and then get them to frolic and dance to it and that's that's so important to have that in life that i don't really i don't know what i'd do if i didn't have that yeah i think that emphasis on the network around you and the influence of others is also really important here because it would be wrong or unintentional 
for this podcast to encourage people to go and make themselves a platter of different narcotics and say, right, I I should create my own values, I should create my own understandings, and I'm going to sit by myself and smoke a joint and take some crack and, (laughs) you know, sprinkle some coke over my breakfast cereal. (laughs) That's not what we're saying here. No, totally not. But to... But if that's what you want to do, then we're not one to judge. In, and and you and I think that's the point I wanted to make is that I think because of the influence of others, we can be judgmental over what ultimately could be boiled down to as our curiosity. Mm. We become judgmental of our own curiosity. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting that because it works for different people work for different things like the boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg oh it's a good one i like that one i like that one too yeah so it is different different strokes for different folks but to be finding your tribe to be finding people that are aligned with you and i was lost for a lot of my life because i was around people that did not align with what I wanted. Yeah. Even uh, l- getting Luna, my little moon shadow dog, my my giant new friend, I my family were not interested in dogs. My partners were supposedly interested in dogs, but there was a common narrative of you should never have a dog. You'd be a terrible dog owner. You'd you'd spoil it, you wouldn't be able to discipline it. Coming from a, an observation, which is the fact that I love to cuddle dogs. I'm, and, it, and it's interesting that a quality of kind of natural compassion, like I've never seen anyone go, oh, a dog that likes dogs go, ugh, yeah. like gross, yeah. I'm going to kick it. Like, yeah. no, people cuddle dogs. That is the impact that they they bring and having a dog now i have so many like huge giant like thug like awesome men walking past and being like oh it's a cute little puppy (laughs) you know we all want to cuddle cute animals but it was interesting that this quality within me to nurture was reflected back by more than one person as a real detriment like a real floor of mine to the point that they would say over and over again you should never have a dog you should never have a dog and it wasn't until the other day on a dog walk that I realized how strong that message was how deeply it was embedded I would be a useless that it would be wrong for me to that it would be bad for the animal that it would be abusive almost and and it then it's about leaving people that that take a nice part of you and turn it into something awful yeah and being around people that that see the truths and the the dreams and the adventures that you want and can even if they don't want to share it with you to support you on that dream and just make sure you're as safe and well equipped as possible to mm. pursue it i I found that where where I lived, I didn't I didn't like and didn't feel like I belonged. So, what what I did, I just I, I left. I was eighteen and I and I and I left. And then wherever I went, 
I kept on finding the same types of people doing the same things. Yeah. Which is interesting because you you meet everyone, all the different types of people you meet in your life, but it's who you choose to let in is who you surround yourself with. And it tells you a lot about who you are. If you let if you constantly let the people in that bring a lot of drama, then those are the people that you attract. And I don't think that's completely true itself. Because I think the people, they are always around, but it's just whether you choose to let them into your life or not. And what I realized is when I was, when I was traveling, I'd, I'd still take some of these negative traits that I thought I was, that I was trying to get away from where actually they were me, that was within me. So once I kind of figured that out and that, that new place, I met the wrong type of people. So I left again and then I go to this new place and then that, some of those some of those traits I was able to leave behind new place you're a new person nobody knows your past you know there's constantly things you're trying to change and the more I did that the more I was changing and acknowledging and bringing different types of people into my life to the point where I did it enough where now I'm I'm quite I like who I have in my life there isn't no drama there isn't there's no complications there's maturity there's no substance abuse if there's if there's an issue we sit down and we discuss it and we discuss all points we discuss what I did wrong we discuss what the other person did wrong and even it's not even doing wrong is it what what didn't come across well or what didn't sit comfortably yes and being in that position where if there is something that needs addressing it gets addressed and it's open and the feelings get put on the table and you apologize and you hug and you go on with your day and it's taken me so freaking long to get to that stage where it's none of this like for me banter is just it's toxic it's not something that I enjoy being part of it's not I don't think it's funny to say mean things jokingly about people or spotting out people's weaknesses um as a you know as a joke it's just not it's just not something that I think is a nice thing to do and you may be joking about it but it's still harmful still painful and I'm I'm quite happy that I kind of I don't have that in my life so the connections I do make with people or the things we do talk about is nice it's some some stuff's funny but it's not at if it's at other people's expense we make sure they don't hear it and if we do have a problem with someone we'd whatever we say we'd be willing to say that to their faces and it's just having a friendship where there is an understanding of that makes the makes things a lot nicer, more comfortable, and more freely to open things up when when it needs att- when it needs attention. And you're not saying that you're this, you know, worldly saint who's always perfect and angelic, but you're saying no, that I you fuck reflect up a lot, on man. it, yeah, yeah, and that and you try and be as transparent about it, yeah. and you're you're open to having that discussion about it. It made me quite sad listening to you there because I was reflecting and realizing on how many people accommodate bullies in their life on a completely as if it's normal, as if it's. And I think it takes a lot of self respect and it takes sacrifice to. Sometimes it will take sacrifice to. to foster, to create a world that is purely aligned with you Mm. like you're saying safe and respectful and 
and and what you need. Yeah, it's about being what you want to see in the world. And a lot of this also comes down of people pushing boundaries and making people do things when they don't want to or think, oh, am I... If I keep hanging around with this person a bit longer, I might might be able to get them to do this yeah. for me and stuff like that. And I think it's it's important for people to realize to just say no. If you don't want to do something, you're not comfortable with it, just say no. Just say no. And you don't have to give a reason. To be aware of the choices that you're making, the fact that you're choosing in a way to keep these people in your life. And of course... Always it's important to acknowledge that with family situations, it's not so simple and easy. And totally. it's a really big deal yeah. to leave your but family. You but work situations, work really situations a big can, one. Yeah. People are yeah. abused, 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 mistreated by their colleagues, by their bosses. And they they have an understanding or a belief of, I have to put up with this. Well, no, you don't. But you're choosing to put up with that to have that job to earn that money in that way you'd have to sacrifice the stability or whatever that job is providing for you or the potential of that future that your job is providing for you to step away but what is your priority is it to nourish your your social life or is it to bring in that money for Mm. whatever reason yeah again it's not absolute Exactly, it's, it's never that easy. Yeah. It's e- you know, it's easy for us to say, some, "Oh, just walk away from some, your job." Yeah, yeah. There's but, some bullshit yeah. that's worth tolerating. You can just shrug it off. Yes. But if it's truly affecting your mental health, you're in a relationship that you just don't feel safe. You gotta, you know, you gotta pull yourself away from that. And that's the thing. Again, this is one of those things where, like, oh, just yeah, just pull yourself. Don't do it. You do it once, you'll die. It's not that easy, and it's not. It's a muscle that you need to train and it's understanding within yourself where those parameters are of where you don't feel comfortable. And if somebody goes over that, finding that power within yourself to go, hey, you're stepping a line here. Don't go any further. And if that if that does happen, it's learning how to step away from that, because it's not like you can just turn around and go, no, no, thank you. And, and walk away it takes it takes a lot of practice and understanding and balls to to get in the position where where you do that and realizing that's okay to do but it is you just got to keep practicing it and understanding that these are your parameters this is where if somebody crosses that line you 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 take yourself out of that situation and away from from any mental harm that could potentially be done by you staying into that situation and I think that's that's something that men, especially due to women, I think that's pretty pretty up there and well known that you know sexual harassment in the workplace is a big issue that shouldn't be tolerated. But it's also for men to stand up when they see other men doing that and be like, "Hey, mate, that's not cool. Like, fucking stop doing that now." And I I've been in a position where I could have done that and I haven't. Looking back at it, I'm like, oh, I could have probably maybe done something about it. And I'd like to think that if I saw anything like that happening now, that I would stand up and be like, hey, we don't, we don't do that. That's not something that's acceptable anymore. I hope that I can say that. And if the time came to prove that, I would actually put my money where my mouth is and say that. But I think even just being in the position where I think if I see that, 
I'm going to do something about it is such a fucking big step in itself of realizing if that's something if I see a human being being mistreated I will stand up for that person regardless if I know them or not and it takes experience to have that awareness that you might have that power and that you could choose to be in that role if you wanted to and in terms of setting the boundaries that you were speaking about and getting to the point of being able to walk away or say no this is where connection with the self a relationship with yourself and building trust and respect for yourself is absolutely important because it gets to a point that we respect ourselves so much that it's just unquestionable to us that we would even tolerate a situation like mm. that but when we're not honoring ourselves and when we're not respecting ourselves we're able to tolerate and allow a lot more disrespect because that's that's the norm yeah that's the world that you live in so it's hard to step out of something if it's your norm yeah same as depression it's really freaking hard to stay out of depression if you've been in it for so long because that's just that's just the way things are i like to leave this episode with a little metaphor that i often share with clients and i just find so valuable and just just to, just to picture having a tiny little bouncer whether that's at your ears or whether that's in the doorway or gateway to your mind, whatever that might look like in your own experience, in your own imagination. And to, to have that awareness that that bouncer can say yes or no to people, to comments, to ideas, to criticisms, to compliments, and say, yeah, you know, welcome, you can come in. Oh, hell no, you you can definitely stay outside and we can use that tiny little private imaginary parrot i imagine a parrot you a parrot oh, can, i mean it can be anything can it, it can be of a course. carrot yeah yeah alfie the carrot who sits on your shoulder and he's yeah. the gatekeeper of your thoughts yeah. to say what comes in and what isn't allowed in cuz if you're struggling to find courage within you that that stronger version of yourself so that when someone comes over and talks to you like crap mm. and for you the you that you're in right now to say do not speak to me like that yeah maybe alfie the carrot or your little personal bouncer or your you know your inner yeah so godmother i mean so this this comes in with your with your inner personas right where so this would be your your loving your loving parent that effectively has that that voice that tells you hey this is take this in or no I won't let this happen to my child that kind of you that can kind frame of it in a transactional analysis approach which is where where you're t talking about the parent and child but sometimes that won't be helpful sometimes yeah. it doesn't need to be. An, a parent or a child or a preconceived well, figure but well, it can be yeah. just you just yeah. your values no that's not okay for me what I what I was just trying to get to is that if you imagine that feeling of a loving parent coming down on you as you being as reflecting onto your, your playful child it's having that voice that that's the part where you want to tap into that will help you to envision what the feeling is of Alfie the carrot or this bouncer on your shoulder what energy you're supposed to tap into 
to control what it lets in and what doesn't let in because you don't need to have an emotion to it you don't have to have an emotional reaction to an action or to something that's being said to you it can just be like no thank you i'm not gonna allow this what's happened to affect my 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 state of mind or my 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 flow of energy just brushing it off and getting on with your life and I th you get that a lot with the people they just want attention doesn't matter what type of attention is they just want to occupy some of your time and you've got to understand that your time is valuable and you choose what you're allowed to give that time to mm. yeah that's a really nice note should we leave it yeah. there? Yeah. Cool. Peace out. Bye.